welcome to the Profiles in Persistence show. I'm Dusty Rollins, founder and owner of Oxford Business Services. We help entrepreneurs and business owners maximize their profit and minimize their taxes. We believe there should be limits to how much the IRS can punish your success. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on this great inspirational daily podcast. Let's go. Good afternoon. Today we have Doug C. Brown. How are you doing today, Mr. Doug? I'm doing great, David. How are you doing today? I am amazing. Now, Mr. Doug here is the owner of BusinessSuccessFactors.com. If you want to contact him and find out a little bit more, you can hit him up at Doug at BusinessSuccessFactors.com. So today, Doug's going to tell us a little bit more about himself and what is about this business success facts. I mean, factors, I'm sorry. So a little bit about myself. Uh, well, I started working at the age of three and I worked for my dad's business. I swept floors by the time I was six. We were out in front of clients writing orders. And I learned a lot about people and leverage and sales and business uh, working with my dad. I worked with my dad for about 18 years. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah. Till I was 18. Then I went into the military. I always built some side businesses while I was working for my dad. I worked uh, in the military doing side businesses as well. Uh, when I got out of there, you know, someone told me, hey, if you really want to be successful in life, you got to have a college degree. So I went and got a couple of those and I was building companies all the way through. <clears throat> then I got my last degree and I got licensed in nuclear medicine. And I looked for a job. And when I looked for a job, uh, the only thing I could find uh, out of the 318 places I applied were jobs that were paying me less than I was already making selling music equipment to some of the bands that, you know, uh, people love and listen to even today, like Aerosmith and the Eagles and places like that. So, um, so I said, well, geez, you know, the sales thing seems to be working out, so I'll, I'll give it a run. So uh, I went and worked for a, a, a major corporation, became their number one sales guy, tripled my income in the first year. Uh, that led me on to the training industry uh, where I was supporting training companies. And I was just optimizing companies, pieces of, of things all the way through. And a gentleman named Jay Conrad Levinson, who wrote a book series called Guerrilla Marketing, introduced me to Chet Holmes, who wrote a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine. And I ended up becoming Chet's top person and then eventually his uh, president of training and sales. And then I did it for Tony Robbins and Russ Whitney and, you know, who owned Rich Dad, Poor Dad and a different other, you know, bunch of other brands out there. So um, Business Success Factors itself is an advisory consulting and coaching company. And we're also a training company on and around how to increase or grow sales revenue. And uh, as well as, uh, you know, how to take the processes, systems, and people within and help them grow at the same time. Wow. So, I mean, this had to be a challenge. So, <laughs> to switch over from nuclear medicine, am I correct? Yeah. That was your degree? That was it. <laughs> into the sales field. So, what gave you the courage to like step out into the unknown and just 
say, hey, I'm just going to go and give it a try. Like, oh, well, f- fear, honestly, David, right? Because yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. You know, even though I was in the military, I, you know, and I had military benefits for education, I was still $20,000 in debt and I couldn't find a job. It was just, you know, I, I, I was shocked. You know, I have two college degrees, licensure in nuclear medicine, hospital experience, couldn't find a job that would pay me anything. And so I was, you know, that was worthy. And I was making more at my current job selling music equipment. So what I decided was there's different forms probably of leverage. And, and, you know, I learned this through my dad's business and I learned this through the businesses I built that if you create leverage in the business, there's leverage in everything. And so I, you know, fear drove me to start looking. And the first thing I looked for was something that paid me more. (laughs) So because I had to pay this $20,000 off in debt, you know, I was just getting married. I was, there was all kinds of things that were happening. Um, and a friend of mine introduced me to a multi-level marketing company back then called Excel Telecommunications. And I started doing that and I started making money at it. And I kept saying, there's got to be a better way, got to be a better way, got to be a better way. And so I started looking for direct contracts with telecommunications providers. And the first one I got was something called WorldCom, which turned out to be MCI down the line, which now is defunct. Um, but I came out with uh, that in my little telecom business started taking off. And from there, that led me to that major corporation. Uh, and so, you know, fear pretty much is what, you know, no, normally our thoughts are even driven by one or two things, fear or love. You know, it's yeah. it's one of those two things. And in this case, it was fear. I feel like that's a great motivator to kick you into gear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I paid the I paid the loan off in a year and a half. So it was kind of like... You know, it was, it was definitely worth it. And I haven't looked back since, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't either. Yeah. So what, so what kept you motivated then? And then like, what keeps you going now? Like dealing with that? I mean, I'm pretty sure I can imagine what keeps you going now, but at that time, like, because I'm pretty sure the profits didn't just fall into your lap. So no, 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 no. Look, struggles guaranteed success is not. Mm. So it's what we take out of struggle that we will take and either that will make that overcome or, you know, make peace with it or play win-win and some support, uh, supportive type of process. And that will lead to success. Or, you know, a lot of people will take struggle and say, oh, geez, this is too hard. You know, Uh, I don't want to do the difficult things. I want to, I want to, you know, I want the money. I want to get there. I want to do all that, but I'm not pushing myself through those emotional barriers that we all have to push through to grow. And so for me, I made that decision. It was not going to happen. I'm not going to continue as a struggle. Uh, and, you know, that was what started motivating me. And then, you know, I, I had just gotten married and <clears throat> about a seven, eight months later, I had my first daughter and that now became from fear of my own survival, which now is making a, you know, high six figure income at that point. So it wasn't like I was starving by any means. Um, And, but I kept saying, you know what, she's going to have a better life than I did. And, um, you know, especially growing up. So uh, that was a motivating factor for me. And that's what drove me from, you know, 140,000 to 250, then to 350, then to 450 and, you know, all the way up to a million plus. Um, And, 
she's still a motivating factor as well as her sister, even today, you know, and they're in their twenties. So now I'm at a place with the motivation level. It's like, okay, I'm fine. Right. So we go from first it's survive and then, you know, we get to stability and then we go, okay, that's cool. And now it's like, okay, now I get to a place where I'm thriving a little bit. I have additional funds. I get to spread them out. Uh, and now I, I reinvest back into other things, other people, other technology, other systems. And we just keep building that process um, because I always come from the philosophy, how many pairs of shoes do you actually need? Right. So, um, you know, if you have five pair of shoes, it's probably enough. Uh, now, ladies out there, I used to own a high fashion ladies shoe store. Um, so <laughs> I can hear the gals out there going, hell no. Right. Um, but, you know, the reality is there are only so many vehicles you can drive and it's nice to have a bunch of nice stuff and you can, but everything else I reinvest back in and that creates more leverage. And my motivation today really is to teach people how not to have to struggle in business because most entrepreneurs were never taught how to be an entrepreneur. Um, and that's what sales revenue growth is all about. So we look at the whole business and we say, okay, this is where your businesses can grow or your business can grow. Here's what we need to optimize. Here's what we need to structure. And usually it's formulaic, David, if they put it in play, because um, they can put it in play by themselves or they can put it in play with me. Uh, you know, if they put it in play in any capacity and they hold accountability to it, there there hasn't been uh, more than a few companies that haven't significantly grown. Mm. So what would you say is the biggest obstacles that you have to deal with with running your business, dealing with the clients, like all of that mesh together? Because like you said, I, I kind of am intrigued by what you said if you put it into play. So how do you like jump over that barrier? Because like you said, you have to be willing to do it. You have to be able to overcome the fear or whatever that emotion is that you're faced with. Yeah. And I, I don't think you have to overcome the fear. I think you just have to dance with it. Mm. Right. So I like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of times still now, you know, where I'm on the, you know, the seven figure plus side of the game, um, you know, still fear. I mean, there's still fear that happens every single day. Um, and we all have this. I mean, it could be personal, you know, or whatever. I mean, I just, I had just last week, I had two teeth that were highly infected. I didn't know. And it was just knocking me down. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> so, so I, I, um, you know, I wasn't taking care of my health in the way I was supposed to. So, you know, all of a sudden I'm thinking, man, this is going to like, they're going to rip my teeth out. They're going to have to do all this nasty stuff, right? Which they did have to do all this nasty stuff to fix it. But the point being is um, that, you know, that was a fear point. And when I was going into the dentist, I knew there was something wrong. And I'm like, eh, should I go? Or maybe I'll wait it out. You know, I'll just see, you know, I'll, I'll take some whatever, you know, mm -hmm. magic herbs or something that <laughs> in a tea or something. And the reality is that I had to, I had to dance with the fear and going in because I don't like dentist uh, offices at all, not the office, but I don't like what they do in the office. Mm -hmm. So uh, to me, um, so the, the uh, I had a dance with the fear. It's no different than that. Or if it's like, okay, I've got another initiative right now where I need to get a quarter million dollar raise, um, you know, on a product set up front. So that is another thing, you know, it's like, you always have doubts. You always have these things, but when you have the confidence to keep working through it and dancing with the fear, the more you 
a person does that, David, the more that they will grow. And the more they grow, their confidence goes up. And, you know, I remember the first time I lost, uh, for example, you know, a bad, bad investment, lost uh, over half a million dollars. And I was like, wow, that hurt, right? Yeah, that sounds painful. Yeah, it was. It was definitely, right? Um, I got to pay my house off. I gotta, <laughs> there's a lot of things I could have done with that. And uh, the reality is, though, also what clicked in my head at that same time is like, huh, you just lost a half million dollars and you're okay, right? Because you're still doing financially okay. Now, 10 years prior to that, that would have killed me, right? Because <laughs> I wouldn't have known how to handle it. But since I've been through these situations and dance with that fear uh, or dance with that expectation that I want to get, um, you know, and you have to look long-term, David, in business. You know, too many people look short-term, must pay attention to the short-term, financials, numbers, things like that. But if we know the end point where we want to go, we are always going to get knocked down and have to get back up. That's just the way it works. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm just marinating on it. I like it. <laughs> I like what you have to say. So I, I just need I just need you to give us some advice. What would you give for us entrepreneurs out here, guys and females that are really like just in the thick of it right now or even where you're at to keep pushing forward and knowing how and what to do when you're playing this game called life? Well, life is easy to play when we know what life's outcome is supposed to be for us. And that's an individual thing. So the first bit of advice I would give anybody is sit down in a quiet place and write out what you want your life to be like, specifically what you want it to be like. You know, not the pie in the sky thing. You know, it's like, I laugh all the time, you know, because um, I started out, you know, when I was growing up, TVs were small, right? I mean, uh -huh. you if you had a 14 inch television, you were happy back when I was a kid. Right. And so, you know, we just keep buying them bigger and bigger. And then I got a set, you know, 65 inch, I think it was 55. That was huge. Right. Then now mm. it's a 65. So that doesn't serve. So now I got a 70. Now I'm getting a 70 to an 80. Right. So you just yeah. constantly keep going up. Why? Cause as guys, you know, if we have sports games on and we invite our friends over after COVID's over, um, I get to brag about my, you know, whatever, 90 inch television, right? They see it and they go, woo, right? So we all have egos, but getting back to that's part of what my lifestyle is about. Not, you know, trying to just impress my friends, but having those moments where my friends come over and we're all bonding and having good times and, you know, in, in, in business situations, the same thing. So I also want a life where I don't have to work. 50 hours a week if I don't want to. And I want to be able to have and, and, and make money, make a seven figure uh, plus business on 20 to 25 hours a week. So you want to get very specific about, okay, this is the type of relationships I want. This is the type of people I want. Um, this is the type of um, place I want to live in, right? And not pie in the sky, but real. What is real? So that's the first place to start. Once you have that plan down, then build your business plan around that. Mm. Because what ends up happening too many times with people who are in the thick of things, they're not looking long-term, they're looking short-term. How do I get cash flow for this month, this year, this quarter? And that's important. You got to look at those things. 
but they forget, they get lax on the, what do I really want my life to be like long-term? Because, you know, I know many a business owner has had a $300 million company and they're like, I can't, I'm, I can't take it anymore. Right now, everybody would go, well, you have a $300 million company. You have all these options. Not if you're running 20%, you know, in debt, (laughs) you're 60 million in debt, you're doing 300 million. So some of these guys who have cut their business from 300 million down to a hundred million, and all of a sudden now they're 20% profitable versus negative. They have a better quality lifestyle. I've had, I've, I've talked to people who had a 200 and something million dollar company. He cut his business down to 40 million. And I asked him why he goes, I enjoy my life now. I hated my life before. So, and, and we can't get back time, right? So we we cannot, you know, there's, there's a starting date on a, on a gravestone, there's an ending date. And then there's a line in between. That's, that's what you have, whatever the, those two numbers are going to be. So you can't make that line much longer. Maybe by taking care of your health, you can extend it out a little bit. Um, and you could make it shorter, which I hope nobody ever does. Um, but so you're not going to really extend the line, but you can make it a heck of a lot thicker. And, and that thicker line is a quality of life. And that's what people should build their lives on versus trying to build a business. Wow. I, I, I love it. I love it. So I just got to ask, um, what plans do you, what other plans do you have for your company? Anything new in the future? Anything yeah. special about to pop up? Like you would mind sharing with us? No, I wouldn't mind at all. Actually, this, this is happening this year. I actually, um, because I was working with larger companies mostly, and um, and still do. But the thing is, is that what I realized is, you know, the stuff, the same stuff I did for Intuit or uh, CBS Television or Procter and Gamble or whoever, um, same things there apply to every size business. So you could be a solo entrepreneur. Right? I helped one uh, last year, so I was testing all this stuff out. Right? Mm-hmm. And gentleman went from one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year in commissions to two point one million dollars a year in commissions. Right. So, I mean, helped another company go from 48 million to 110 million in two years. So I've been testing this stuff off in the midsize and uh, small size market and it works. So what I decided to do is create a, uh, I call it sales revenue growth university. So it's a model that's affordable that people can come in in the group model and still get one-on-one attention. And so that's rolling out if everybody hits their deadlines within the next uh, 45 to 60 days. Uh, and then from there, I'm just going to keep building some brands. I'm doing, uh, I've, I've put a fair amount of money back into marketing um, because again, you only need so much to live. You want to save some, you want to invest some and everything else, just reinvest. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's what's, that's what's going off uh, in 2021 for us. In 2022, we have some plans already. So um until those are solidified, it'd be making false announcements. <laughs> okay. It's okay. But Mr. Mr. Doug, I appreciate your time. And this was inspiring, honestly. I I enjoyed it. If oh, you you're want welcome. to find Mr. Doug, you can find him at businesssuccessfactors.com. If you want to contact him, you can contact him at Doug at businesssuccessfactors.com. A little tongue-tied today, but thank you, Mr. Doug. I appreciate your time. You're welcome, David. You're a a really nice guy, and I appreciate you having me on here. (laughs) Thank you. Dusty Rollins here. Thank you so much for listening to Profiles in Persistence. 
If you are a successful business owner or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit thetaxcure.com slash podcast slash apply. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Profiles in Persistence. I love seeing your posts and your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes and go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.thetaxcure.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.